Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody, welcome. We've got a great light up for you today. You know, it's really interesting. Um, what is it about things that show up in our lives that perhaps are things that we could learn or maybe things that are touching us? And what I've discovered with the way that this happens with the show, because I'm on a lot, I'm on now, you know, anywhere from nine plus hours a week. And, you know, so I notice when I read things, I have a moment. And I just want to say hi to everybody because we're going to have a few moments with my guest. But let me give a shout out to Benny. Hello, Benny. Howdy, Pat. How's it going? So I'm having a moment today. Uh-oh. It, like, uh, there's plenty of moments. I'm using air quotes. Um, which one are we talking about this time? <laughs> well, I, I, Teresa's joining me here today. Uh-huh. Teresa, Teresa. Teresa, I'm pronouncing your name the way that my other friends pronounce it, but I'm calling it Teresa Chung. Is that right? Yes, correct. First time. Um, So Teresa is joining me here today. Mm -hmm. Very special guest. I'm going to tell you a lot about her. And uh, and so she's got this book called The Sensitivity Code. So I'm going to talk about you, Teresa, like as if you're not here. Just bear with me. And so as we're reading the book, Benny, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, I think this is me, but it doesn't look like me. I don't look like this person on the outside. Um, I look a little differently and sometimes I act a little differently, but something happened since I think the lion's gate over the weekend. And what I'm finding is that this morning, even getting ready for the show, I just had a couple of interactions where I picked up on energy that usually for me, it I have a barrier. I have a way to protect against what other people might be going through. But today wasn't that day. Today wasn't that day. And I had three different phone calls today. Uh, that started out and one interaction here with my best friend, Linda, where I just was like, man, I'm just way sensitive to this. And I, I just snapped for a minute. And I thought, what is it? Do we get to the point in our lives where we become overflowing with feelings and emotions that perhaps we have not talked about, you know, do we get to the place where life feels sometimes surreal, right? Um, Is it somebody that sits across from us, right? That, that, that maybe we're interviewing, we're talking with that somehow leaves an energetic mark, an energetic fingerprint on us. 
Well, I have to tell you that I am pretty sure that by the time we're done today, we're going to be talking about, as Teresa says, what happens when you look and feel and sound like a rabbit who is caught in the headlights? What is that? Is it overwhelmed? Is it you come up with a, a, a sensitivity barrier all of a sudden? Is it that we're told that we need to just suck it up and just move on? Um, what is it? Do we change over time? Well, I'm going to tell you, we got a lot to talk about with the show today because Teresa has tackled from her own life experience, has talked about, has outlined it, and is going to help us all realize that what happens when we are sensitive? Are we marginalized? How is it we are thought to be less than strong? Is that true? Are you feeling it? And I talk about this today because, you know, as I was, I was reading her book, I was struck by a number of different things. I was struck by the norms of certain societies, and it's different everywhere. It really is. I mean, if you talk to my Italian relatives and my Brazilian relatives, you know, within 30 seconds, you could be crying and it could be okay. But sometimes it's not like that. And what is it that happens when we have this code, this sensitivity code that Teresa talks about, her life's work in a sense, based on her experiences, that can help us pretty much get through a lot of things. So today, I wanna make sure you all know, we are getting ready to talk with somebody that could have literally been standing in my shoes this morning and yesterday and has put in paper, down on paper, what millions of us have feel and feel and felt. Whether you're talking about something surreal or paranormal, or you're talking about something that's so deeply intuitive, you got to know, you got to know that there's something going on. Teresa, great to have you. No, lovely introduction. Thank you so much. I could really get a sense of you there, Pat, your heart. Thank you so, so much. I almost put the heart on a few minutes ago. I have a heart. Maybe during break, I'm going to go get it and change it out. Um, I got to ask you this question. And because I've read the book, <laughs> I've done a bunch of interviews, but you've interviewed some people that I think would cause me to be looking like a deer with the headlights. Um, but I have to ask you this question. You know, each of us gets on a life path. I'm just curious, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles, Teresa, maybe that you had to overcome, right, to bring you here today? What did you have to come face to face with to even say, I'm going to face it, but I'm still going to go on that Dr. Pat show today? <laughs> thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me here. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. And I just want to point out the book has actually been retitled. This, there is a chapter called The Sensitivity Code in it. Yeah. Because that's maybe. the basis of the book based on science and psychology. But um, the publishers, Bookature, my wonderful publishers, felt that the sensitive soul resonated more. I'm sorry. That was Freudian on my part. 
That was so fr- <laughs> So what happened is I knew that because that's what's in front of me. But we can talk about like my little learning thing that goes on. But, you know, I knew that. But I think I said the other thing because I think I want a solution. I want it to be a code. I want it to type. That's what I've tried to do. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. I apologize. (laughs) No, don't worry. It's lovely. Um, I'm, I'm just thrilled to be here. But anyway, I wrote the sensitivity code, now renamed the sensitive soul, appropriately, because all my life I have been a bit of a crybaby, very sensitive. When people say something, I will go away and analyze it. I need a lot of solitude, like a Jane Austen heroine, going to my room and processing what's happened in the day. And all my life, I've been like that. Um, And um, I've always felt that it was a flaw. It was a problem. And I was surrounded by people who appeared to be super confident and cool, like you. You know, people who just seem to have it sorted. And I was plagued with imposter syndrome, with sensitivity, my emotions. I find it impossible to have a conversation with not without imagining what their life is like of the person that I'm talking to, what they're going through. I kind of become them in a weird, it's not weird, in in a very empathetic way. Um, And that is something that's defined me. I mean, it's not surprising. I was brought up in a family of psychics and spiritualists, and I wanted to consider my options as a nun. I wanted to devote my life to the spiritual growth. My life took another path, and I became a spiritual author. And I have devoted my life to collecting paranormal experiences. And what I realized along the way that a lot of my books, I write about people who believe they've seen angels or encountered the art of life or near-death experience, that a lot of these people were very similar to me. They were very emotional, very sensitive. And then things really came to a head in 2019 when Russell Brand very kindly invited me onto Under the Skin. Yeah. Talk about my paranormal research and my lifetime really collecting unusual stories and working with scientists and psychologists to try and understand sixth sense, intuition, the psychic world. And then the interview started and suddenly I'd never been talking to someone quite so famous before. Cameras were on, all my senses were on overdrive and tears came to my eyes and it was a very, entertaining interview for all the wrong reasons. I mean, it turned out very well because Russell brought a lot of comedy into it. But it got me thinking, what was going on there? You could see my sensitivity on display. And then it got me thinking and thinking about this sensitive personality trait I had and how I could make it a strength. And then I, the editor at Booker Chow, a lovely lady called Claire Board, decided this was a great topic for a book. For me to deviate a little bit from my paranormal spiritual writing and to look at people who are empathetic like me, don't necessarily have extraordinary psychic abilities. I don't. I don't see dead people or, 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 or you know, see angels. I believe in all this, but I don't actually see that. But I'm very intuitive. I'm very empathetic. And all my life, I've been called a crybaby. Um, so we kind of analyzed this. And in the book, I came up with 10 strategies tried and tested on myself that do work now I'm a work in process as yes you know I fail miserably sometimes what I learned though is to be proud of my emotions to be proud of my sensitivity because more often than not they have pointed me in the way of growth 
And that's why I believe we're on this planet to learn and grow. And right now, I mean, the book was written just before the pandemic struck. Right. And it was almost, not only was the book digital, Book of Choice is digital, but it was also addressing people who are instinctively want to be kind, want to put other people first, are compassionate and lead with their hearts. They feel life rather than see it. And goodness, isn't that a message the world needs yeah. right now? Because yeah. it seems like the world has tilted so much the other way to the external, living outside yourself and getting your validation and your strength from what you do, your followers, money, status, power, and you know, not telling the truth. Because one thing also about sensitive people, they're not very good at not telling the truth. It strikes them at their soul. It kills their soul not to do it. And if you are like that, how do you cope in today's world where misrepresentation everywhere, it seems that, you know, survival of the fittest, being narcissistic is the way to go. It seems it can take you right to the very top. How do you cope though, if you're not like that? You get trampled. Typically you do, often when you want to do the right thing. You get and crushed. You you get you literally get crushed. get crushed emotionally, spiritually, and you could get crushed physically too. However, what, as you say, the sensitive person will know what does it mean to gain the world and lose your soul? Oh. At the end of the day, that is all that matters. And I think the world right now needs to focus on what truly matters in our lives. And I actually think sensitive, empathetic people, and there are more of them out there than we know, they've just learned to mask it are the way forward out of the current chaos because they are leading the way. In times past, they would have been shamans, healers, medicine men, medicine women. They will are the wet people to lead forward because that is what is going to heal us. Connection, empathy, intuition, and love. And this is what guides sensitive people. I mean, they're not in any way perfect. They can be selfish and out of control like anyone else. But at the end of the day, they find it hard to go to sleep at night if they don't feel proud of what they've done in the day and who they are. And that's what I'm trying to say, that that sensitive gene, that sensitivity code is in us all. In fact, I firmly believe that it's what keeps the human race, it's necessary for our survival. Because if our compassionate sensitive gene was unnecessary, evolution might have knocked it out. It's right. still here and cultures which take care of each other, parents which care for their young, that, that, that civilization is more likely to survive. It's yeah. necessary for our process and unfortunate progress. And unfortunately today, we somehow, the balance has shifted completely the other way. And one thing about the pandemic is that we are now turning the spotlight on people who are kind, the, the health workers, they are all empaths and sensitive people. That's why yeah. they're doing what they're doing. They're called to do that. They are now getting the recognition they should have had decades ago, forever. Oh, you know. Sorry, I oh. get so passionate about this. No, I'm, with, I'm right there a million percent with you because, you know, uh, I, I get interviewed. Uh, you never hear what the results of the interviews are. I don't put them up on my site because I never know what I'm going to say in an interview, right? I never, I don't know, to be honest with you, I didn't know what I was going to say to you, but I know that I have prepared, right? I have, I have leaned into something that I wanted to talk to you about. And it's hard for my team because they'll say, give us the outline. What do you want to talk to Teresa about? I said, well, I know I want to talk to her about a few things, but I know it'll come through the questions I ask. And 
what you pointed to for me explains a lot. Um, when I first started this, Teresa, 16 years ago, right, I dialed the wrong phone number. And this was not the logical pathway. You know, I went to school for 10 years. And there was only one person in my program that understood why I wanted to study what I wanted to study. And she became my friend. She became my counselor. We did postdoctoral research. But I studied, see if this makes sense to you. I studied the consequences of broken promises for 10 years. <laughs> well, people ask me why. There are a lot of reasons why. I went through a job loss. I went through a period in time in my life, you know, job loss. My sister dies on a hospital floor. My mother died. I don't know why. I don't have a lot of answers to why questions. But you just, you and what you've written outlines for people today that are feeling things, perhaps, Teresa, they've not felt in their life. There's something about the pandemic, yes. right? that's bringing that gene into blossom. Absolutely, and um, I've been contacted by the media over here in the UK, you know, really cosmopolitan. He loads of media about increased level of dreaming. Yes. Which is interesting because sensitive, empathetic people tend to, to dream vividly as well. Um, and I think that's kind of spirit breaking through, I do believe, reminding us that there is more to this life than meets the eye. We are more than just the material. And what truly matters in this life is beyond the material. It's those invisible feelings of love, compassion, kindness, and connection. What is eternal in us. I mean, I talk a lot in my paranormal books about us being spiritual beings, having a human experience, not human beings having a spiritual experience. But pre-academic, pre-pandemic, my message had its following. Sure, you know, it's, I, I spoke to the converted, which is great. But now during the pandemic, there is a mass, a real awakening, openness to this kind of talk. I have never had so much interest in my spiritual teaching, as it were, even chains like Anthropology, Beauty Bay over the here. They're asking me to do spiritual webinars to talk yep. about how to deal with this. Yep. Because during times of crisis, people always fall back on their spiritual DNA. Yep. And what I want to point out for people here think, well, I'm not that sensitive. You know, I'm not that emotional. And there are a lot of people like that. What I point out in the book is that I don't want us to think that, you know, I'm the book is just for the, five, the, the one in five people who are identified as highly sensitive by psychologists. There is a psychological test where if you take it online, you, you can get highly sensitive traits. Now, these right. people are more likely to be psychics and healers, but the book isn't just for them. It's for everyone. We're all born with that potential. And what I've noticed is that certain life crises, for example, becoming a parent, bereavement, a lot of my books are about the grieving journey and how yeah. spiritual meaning can help, will trigger your sensitivity you didn't know you had. You've always been a strong person, and then suddenly you find yourself laughing when you're meant to be crying and crying when you're meant to be laughing and your emotions and senses are all over the place. It can be triggered. Life is a way of triggering us, returning us home back to that. And I really hope if anything that comes out of the book that people are not afraid of these emotions. Emotions are our teachers and our senses are our teachers and they will all help us grow 
and also help us light up the world, I think, right now, because we need to focus on what truly matters, not all this external stuff. And you know what I love about, in a way, you know, there's not much to love about the pandemic. It's horrific in any other way. But if you go on news feeds now, they're much more authentic. People, we're not having people with photo shoots and gloss because they can't. We're getting real stories, real yeah. people. Yeah. You know, I've even found that in my life, all the things I thought were essential. I mean, I love getting my nails done and, and hair <laughs> done right. It doesn't matter. Right. All these things that are external that we thought were so important. We, we were really coming back to that our inner being, who we are, what is our spirit, what is our soul? And the sensitive soul is all about returning to that. Um, if you, if, you know, because a lot of us have forgotten we've got souls today because in the world of social media online, it's very easy to forget you have a soul. It's all out there. You passively consume it. Nothing yeah. has to come from within. It's all input on you. But we are, don't you think though, Teresa, and I was reading this in your book. There are a couple of things I was reading in the book about uh let me just call it about mind mind reading sensitivity mind knowing and one of the things you said that i just want to make sure we get back to because when you think when i think about this in the book um and i think about how many different ways you talk about this whether it's sensitive to another person right yes. whether it's sensitive to yourself whether it's feeling as if you don't belong, that there's something wrong, that you're odd. I can't remember. I think I'm actually, I think I'm actually repeating this verbatim from the book. Um, you know, th th those things. And I thought about this and I thought, wow, you know, I had a moment where today, and this is something that I think I'd like you to really talk about because you do talk about it is we could kind of trot along, right? And we're doing our thing. Doesn't matter, could be on the radio, you could be taking care of your family, but we're moving along. We got a moving, doing thing going and something will happen, maybe benign, like a small comment or somebody's attitude. And on that, and this was my day today, right? And in the moment, it's the thing. It's the thing that could bring you to tears. And on the surface, people look at you like, really? Did you just react to that? But it isn't that, is it? It's an no, accumulation. It's triggered something within you. As I said, that comment is often, often when what other people say and do is often about them. But however, you will be internalizing it um, and, and taking it on board because it triggers something in you. And it's okay. It's okay because, you know, we're all works in pro progress. You know, we're all works in progress. And to let those feelings just wash through you and to understand also when that happens, you are not your feelings. Something is passing through you to teach you something, you know, about yourself. If it's, if it's anger, what are you really angry about? It's rarely about what that person said. Right. It, it, will, it will typically go back to our childhood or something that is triggered that we have yet to heal. Right. I mean, I, I do think that much of our life is healing from these early childhood messages and wounds that get like earworms in our, our heads that we have to rewrite with more positive ones. And often it's, it's, some, it's the tiniest thing that can trigger us, send us back. But it's also, I, in some ways, I love it when that happens because it means now whenever that happens, I get excited because I think I'm growing. Because we never learn right. and grow when we're happy. 
it's sad. We all want happiness and we all want bliss. But no, no breakthroughs happen then. No great exploration, no adventure, no progress happens in your comfort zone. It's always in that when you feel uncomfortable. So whenever you feel uncomfortable or chaotic, think, switch fear and dread with excitement. I'm growing. Yeah. This is showing me something I've got to learn. And I've got- Sorry. Oh, I, I want to do this. I want to take a short break. But what you're talking about, you're growing. What you just pointed out right there. Growth hurts. Growth hurts sometimes, you know. But here's the thing I want to ask you. And then when we come back from break, I've had some really, wow, like things happen in my life, right? And when I talk about it, and I say something to it, a group of people, let's say I'm doing, a, let's say I'm doing a webinar, I'm talking and I say something like, listen, here's what I want to say. No matter what you go through, you're going to be put down on the other side in a better place. And, and I'm telling you, you, they might as well throw tomatoes at me. They're just like, no, that can't be true. I've lost my mother. I've lost my husband. I let, you can't. And so let me ask you this, because this is really for me. I don't realize that I'm going to be brought down at a better place. And as a matter of fact, Teresa, 10 years after losing my job, uh, right, that I had for 24 years, that's when I realized I was at a better place. I didn't get it like in the moment. But there's something I want to talk with you about that you talk about in your book and about these events in life. There's a part of this where in corporate America that I was part of, there's a way to be marginalized. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it in our society now. We're seeing moms, just in case anybody watched this, moms protest. (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to share this. Moms protesting, or rather teachers protesting in their car about having to go back and teach and what it means, got in their cars and did a honking of the horn protest. We right now are seeing, Teresa, generations of people that we thought did not even have a pulse. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we looked at the younger people and we're like, oh, they don't care about anything. So when we come back, I want to talk about this global impact that is causing you to be one of the most sought after people to talk about this phenomenon. Because albeit we might be one in five or one in three Somehow, we've all of a sudden got a very big drum we're beating. Let's take a short break. Teresa, before we go to break, how do we find out about you? How do people get a copy of your book? Oh, just go to www.teresachung.com and The Sensitive Soul is available wherever you download your books, Amazon, Google, wherever. And it's, um, it's, uh, it's I love your feedback because it is um, a uh, slightly different from my normal type of book, as I say, I write about the paranormal, but this is really hitting the mainstream. Yeah. You know, and yeah. actually normalizing the conversation about people who are sensitive, empathetic, intuitive, and an instinct to be kind. But why then does life trample all over them? How do they 
put an armor on and move forward. And I believe these people are going to save the human race. I think that's why sensitive souls, you know who you are, you're out there. I think what's within you is going to save us. You're needed more than ever, needed more than ever. Yeah, and when we come back, this is a book to help. This is a book to help you. This is a book that answers a lot of questions because Teresa, one of the things you did is you actually used the term marginalized. When we come back, we're gonna talk about how that shows up and we're gonna talk about what happens if you've been labeled in your life as an INFP. What if that's you? What if you've scored so far on that scale that they make you take that test four times. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Tune in to The Truth Is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. We'll take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, 
Visit burnbrighttoday.com. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Dr. Pacho. Yeah, Teresa Chung is joining me here today. Please go to the website, and I want to make sure you know what that is. And certainly the book is pretty much everywhere. But if you go to the website, uh, it's Teresa Chung, C-H-E-U-N-G. Yes. Um, yep, I, I got it right. Um, and so please take a look. You're going to be able to look at all of the things she has written, all of the books, all of the work she's done, her work yeah, on dreams. <laughs> oh, my, the, the, the work on dreams is, is amazing. But see, what you're doing now is, and Teresa, if I might say this, um, you wrote a book, not yesterday, obviously months ago, that is so perfect for where we are today. So there's a part of me that knows that you knew that. You knew that writing that my, book. One of right? my books was about precognition. I believe I talked to you about that premonition. Which you is did still. talk to me about it. And that book was reviewed in the science journal because I, yeah. I collaborated with a neuroscientist. Yes. And it's still, and anyone who is, uh, it's the premonition code, you know, it's about the science of precognition, sensing the future. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but so it's not a mistake that you're here with me today and we're talking about this. But here's the thing I love about this. We're seeing Very what's true. happening. When, when the yeah. idea for my for this book came up. Yeah. As I said, Bookature is very well known for fiction. Yeah. Right? They have they're leading the world in fiction. They're amazing. And I met the editor um, and she was starting a nonfiction list. And a lot of people around me thought, no, this isn't really good. Don't do digital nonfiction. But I've never had this in my life. It was like, I have to do this book. And that's what I talk about intuition. You know when it's intuition, when there's an absolute certainty and you take action regardless of, because people often ask me, what's the difference between intuition and fear? And in this case, even though everybody said, this isn't going to work, this isn't, you know, they're very, very good at fiction, but you know, nonfiction, they're new. This is, you know, this isn't right for you. You're known as the angel lady. You write about paranormal. You're the dream expert. You've done, you know, a lot of people said, why are you doing it? And I just thought, I'm going to do this. And I just followed that. I'm glad I did. I'm yeah. so glad I did because now in the pandemic, I had a digital book. So, and they are so skilled at the digital you know, because that's what they specialize in. They, they took the publishing industry by storm with their fiction, um, you know, making it digital. I mean, you know, they've got, um, you know, they're amazing. I mean, the whole team there, Claire Board, Kim Nash, these wonderful people there. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad I followed that intuition, even though at the time, yeah. it's totally illogical because you can't stock it in bookshops necessarily. You know, what, what are you doing? It's not proper publishing, is it? But my goodness, now... But I think that what you're talking about explains a lot. And it also gives us some, some, it gives us some tools, what we need to do, how we operate. You know, my mother committed suicide when I was six. And I didn't understand quite about that because a lot of things are kept secret generally. But then as time went on, you know, my stepmom kept letters from her. And what I discovered about my mom was she fits the description or the descriptions with an S of what you have in this book at the highest possible level. You know, this was a woman that could know beyond her knowing, right? 
And, and so when I think about this, people ask me why, what led you to study broken promises? And I never have a good reason. I, I, you know, like you have a great reason for you to, the way you just did that, right? But I, I didn't have a logical, I studied it because, oh my God, I love broken promises. No, nobody loves broken promises. I don't know anybody that wants to study the consequences of broken promises, right? But I did it for a reason, some reason that had me do it. But what I now know today is I studied what people want more than anything. And I asked them that question. And the answer I got back, hundreds of people, hundreds, 99% of the people said what, they're, what they believe others are obligated to give them is respect. Now, respect and lack of respect hurts. It's a sensitive issue. And what you're talking about for t- the time we're living in now, if I could ask you about it, is it explains why people are coming out and outwardly voicing what they're sensitive to. Can you talk about that? Because people are looking at this and the media looks at this and they say, oh my gosh, where did all these people come from? We had an incident in the United States, Floyd, Mr. Floyd, but everybody around the world came out. Doesn't, Doesn't the book address that though in some way? Yeah, it gets you right right to the heart. And suddenly you realize you can be silent no more. I think sensitive souls, people who've had these feelings, which in the past they felt they've had to put aside. And the more the trouble is the more you put it aside, the less confident you become in yourself, the less you love yeah. yourself. My book talks a lot about the way other people treat you in your life typically mirrors the way you feel about yourself people treat you the way you treat yourself. So a lot of this book is about the journey to falling in love with yourself as a sensitive feeling person. And that's the hardest thing if the messages you've been getting, not just from parents, Mm -hmm. teachers, but from the outside world is that feelings are pointless. They don't get you to the top, that it's how you look and how much money you earn and your status and all the things you have, you know, they are what define you. If that's the message you get, if you, you think, well, I'm, I'm defined by how I feel, you know, in the past, that would have just been, you just felt, what's the point of me? I'm not valued. But right now we're seeing now all we have is feeling. When we saw that George Floyd video, powerless, the whole world felt powerless, but we had feeling, we had emotion, and we went out and acted on it and did petitions and did marches. And, and you know, I know myself as well, I tend to steer away from political arena on my socials and in my, but I yeah. post up, I was trying to, this is wrong. This is so, so wrong. But George Floyd incidents have happened for all the time. Right. This one, because of the silence of the pandemic, grabbed us in a way as never before, because we had this time, you know, especially if in lockdown, where we had to become almost live like a contemplative life, the life I wanted to lead before I started becoming a writer, you know, contemplating our inner being, who we are. And we had, and there was no choice but for a lot of us, driven into our homes, you know, not being able, robbed of the ability to, everything we took for granted, taken away, 
it was almost like this contemplative life we became monastic was forced on us to look at ourselves so the whole world is really primed to be focusing on this one event this life-changing event around the world um Sorry, I, I've gone on a tangent, but- No, you didn't go on a tangent because part of this too is let's follow up with this. Let's stay with this because highly sensitive people, my experience, please correct me if I'm wrong, Teresa. My experience, when I got that label from taking the Myers-Briggs, when I got that label, when that was like, boom, 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 they looked at me and they said, no, that's not her. She's a pit bull, Right. But it marked me. It marked my career. It marked it to the point where they had meetings about me. Seriously? How did I get that dang important that you're going to meet about my mom? And from that point on, what happened to me is interesting. And maybe you can help because it changed the, project the trajectory of my life. That one experience somehow shifted something in me. And I, I, I became, you talk about this in the book, but not quite this way. I went from, I could have become a victim of that label. You know that, right? But I didn't. I got fired up. I was like, seriously, people? And I started to own that part of myself, which I'd never owned before. That's the so help us understand this, because I think this is a confusion. But I became more vocal, not less. I became more vocal. It cost me 25-year career. I was six months from a pension, and I was different. I looked in the mirror, Teresa, and I was, I remember this. I was dressed up in the whole business suit, the whole deal, and I was getting ready to leave my very big 4,000-square-foot house on five acres, with three car garages, a truck, the whole thing. And I looked in the mirror and I, I, I said, oh my God, I am unrecognizable today. Unrecognizable. And I think I saw The Sensitive Soul, your book. I think I saw it for the first time on that day. But I couldn't go back. Yeah. But I didn't have your book. So... <laughs> I, I had to step in giant potholes to get to today because I didn't have your book to understand I'm, it. I'm so glad you said that because the, the book does try to bust some myths about sensitive people. Everybody thinks because you're sensitive that you're shy. And that is a myth. Yes, some sensitive people are shy, but about 30% of them aren't. And you're clearly not. You're, you know, you're someone who's actually quite vocal, confident. But what you... that. that sensitivity and extroversion can go together but i'm right? actually an they introvert can go together but here's actually, the thing yeah i'm an introvert people don't know what yeah, you, you can see be a confident introvert you can oh my god can be so if you and i met in public and let's say we went for coffee in public like like we had this great show and then you're like oh pat let's go for coffee and we go for coffee if you get 10 words out of me you're probably lucky uh, <laughs> really so it's only when you put this persona on i can't explain this it's because you're putting persona on aren't you well it, it's not it's like something gets energized because i'm doing what i love and i'm genuinely interested in you oh thank you thank you and i'm interested in you and i love our listeners right 
And so this is part of the book that you talk about, where you talk about the fact that our sensitivity can help us become messengers. Yeah. Right? But it took me a lot of years to get that. But some days, Teresa, and this is what I want to ask you, some days we get criticized. Some days I get an email from a listener who says, you can't possibly have liked the Gates Foundation or whatever it is. And I had to tell you, I'm like the rest of them. I don't always know how to handle it. Tell us how the book will help those of us now that are speaking out, coming out. Moms down in Portland that created a wall. These are women that came out. These are not women that came out like they're not known for their like coming outness but they came out. How do we handle this now? Well, first of all, I talk about simple techniques of putting a, visualizing a protective bubble around you, you know, an armor, realizing that nothing other people can say or do can impact you. It's all your response to it. So it's taking charge of your response and thinking, why is this triggering me? Understanding that people treat you as you treat yourself. So the more you take care of yourself, the more you practice self-care, self-love, the more you do what you love, the less these things are going to impact you. Typically, criticism, hurtful comments impact you when you're not taking a good enough care of yourself. It really is that simple. I always think, I used to, I spent my whole life thinking it was about other people and it was really about changing myself and loving myself. And then really, it doesn't matter if somebody criticizes me fine, they're entitled to their opinion. I don't have to let it eat away at me anymore because I, I love myself and believe enough in what I do to, to be act, for it to act like a buffer. And that's what sensitive souls have got to do everywhere. Their kindness, their compassion, their love, their empathy and their intuition are superpowers. And I talk about this in the book, absolute superpowers. All the major breakthroughs in the world have been sourced from these things. Narcissism, materialism doesn't source eternity and greatness. It doesn't. Things that lift our spirits. Yeah. No, actually, I was just watching Les Miserables with my family before. Oh, <laughs> oh no. John, no. John, he, you know, what a strong man, but the sensitive soul who's, you know, and I was just thinking it's so hard to do the right thing and to be the person who takes the higher ground. And it, looks so much easier to be the horrible person and the narcissist and that's the thing is life makes it seem that that path is easier but it isn't at the end of the day because we all want to spend our final days with a smile on our face and no regrets yeah if we you don't know, listen to our sensitive souls we will be having regrets and tears in our eyes when it's our final days and nobody wants that oh you know, I mean, I tell you today, uh, after I had my moment of like, oh my God, you know, like the way you're talking to me really hurts. I almost felt my eyes tearing up and I wondered why. And so the thing is, I hope you'll come back because sometimes I will come out with the strangest things to my friends and they'll look at me like, what? So for example, I know I've got like five minutes left, but I have to tell you, you, your books on dreams, the work you do on dreams, it is so amazing. I wake up the other day and I turned to Linda and I said, I got to, I got to call Charlize Theron, the actor. 
the actress, Charlize. Yeah. The megastar. I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know her. And I said, I got to call her. I said, I had a dream about her. I got to call her. And I mean, I was talking to my friend like this was a reality. I mean, it was as if I knew her. So I must have wait. I must have. Here I am. I woke up and I'm like, I got to call Shirley's. Like I knew her. I don't know her. I've never met her. I got to call her. I just got to talk to her. I want her to go get this checked. Now. That was two days ago. I can't get her off my mind. I don't know her. I don't even know how to contact her. But those are the type of dreams I have where they're so vivid and they're not always that clear. Well, sensitive souls often have a very vivid, active dream life. And I think one of the keys for sensitive souls to find their inner strength and purpose is to develop spiritually and psychically. And looking at your dreams is one way to do that. Dreams like that, something about Charlie Theron is speaking to you. Either you need to integrate it into your personality or it's something you've got to deal with it. What's going on in her life right now? Be interesting to find out. I do know, actually, because I've also written about birthdays, you know, the significance of the day you were born, that she, I think her birthday was this week or last. Was it? Very interesting, yeah. I think August the 7th was her birthday, I think, if I remember, because I have a birthday book. Wow, that's when I had the dream, but I didn't know that was her birthday. No. Yeah, I didn't know. That was like uh, right before the Lionsgate. Yeah, it was before Lionsgate. That's right, Friday. But I didn't know it was her birthday. So what's going on in her life? What does she represent? Mm. Um, You know, she seems a very powerful, carefully controlled woman. Mm. Well, I I don't know her that well. I mean, I'm not that uh, Charlie Theron. You know, I don't follow her, but the image, her characters or whatever, she seems quite strong. Yeah, she just did a Netflix thing well, what about, where she, character? yeah, she just did, Benny, what was the Netflix? She just, and I actually watched it. Actually, I've been, now that you're talking about it, I actually binge watched it a couple of weeks ago. But she played a character that was ancient and old and warrior and that <sighs> didn't die. And then all of a sudden towards, oh, I can't tell the people what this is the about. Old guard. The old guard. Thank you. Uh, the old guard. And she was like this person that was like 300 or I don't know how many years old, but old. And she, they don't die, but they get killed, but then they wake up again. And, and I, wow. That we never die. You know, yeah. we are eternal beings. But isn't spirit. that interesting? right for me i don't usually have celebrity dreams so i found it interesting something about them you need to research to look at but then i'm also reading your book so i think this is all like together because i want to get back to this in the last couple of minutes we have left because you talk about this and people that read your book will probably have to contact you because I, what it does is it wakes something up. What you've put into words is activating something. Yeah. And my friends say it's that, it's a, but there's something that you read and that I was reading where I said, oh, that's why I did that. And I think what happens because of the way you've presented this, it's honoring people that are like me, that are like us where we've been marginalized for it before. 
Yeah, and it's also the result of a lifetime of research and work and dealing with people who are sensitive. Because all the people who write to me about their, you know, spiritual experiences, I recognize that they were me. I was, they are me, that, that I've included yeah. their stories in my books, their spiritual awakening, their spiritual experiences. And I began to see they have all these qualities. And then it was just, I could never have written this book at the beginning of my writing career. I can write it now after decades of working with scientists, working with psychologists, working with spiritual, writing spiritual book after spiritual book. I am a serial, serial spiritual writer. You know, <laughs> there's a trees of young book about almost every new age topic. And it's because yeah. that's what I love to do. And I think when you love to do something, it just flows. And that's how it is with me. But it was, it's a tribute to all these people who have written to me this book as well. I loved it. And it's a gift. It's a gift, oh. not something to be embarrassed of. I was in, I, and I talk about my own experiences, how my life, I tried to squash it. And I tried to pretend, go along with the crowd, be something I wasn't. Yeah. Just to fit in. Oh my um, God. And uh, throwing that off is, is just so liberating. And I want to say this, I, I hope you'll, I know. I hope you'll come back because the bottom line for this is I want to do part two of this because the book is so brilliant, but I want to talk about very specifically to help people. This is what you can do. This is what you can do. You know, when you pretend you're not who you are for most of your life, which I did, when you pretend that, you know, there's hope that you will see who you really are and honor yourself. And you nailed it for me today because why would I have that reaction today? I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not doing the things that I need to do that I know will help me mentally, spiritually, and physically. But you see, I had to hear you say it. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean that. I think it is the journey of all our lives to yeah, it is. with ourselves. I mean, that, yeah. it's a cliche with that song, The Greatest Love of All, The Love Inside of Me. It really is. And we all think that other people's things, jobs, are going to give us that validation. And that's the spiritual journey in whatever religion, whatever belief system, the foundation stone is self-love but not narcissism that's totally no, different cover that that's in the different book. There are a lot about that yeah that is the death of the soul yeah it is which we're seeing happening in the world right now that is when you have so externalized who you are that you've forgotten who you are yeah, um yeah. and i fear for people who yeah. have killed their souls like that this book what? is a return to soul and I'm telling you, when we come back, I think we'll have to talk about that because some people think that their soul has been killed and it's not. But sometimes when you're sensitive, it feels like that. Teresa, last question, please give it your website. What do you want to leave us with today? Which personal message? I just want to say, if you have made mistakes in your life, if you've been less than perfect, you've lied or you've cheated or you've done things wrong, we've all been there, that the definition of a spiritual life is growth as long as you've learned from your experience and don't do it again you know as long as you know what's wrong that is the definition you are a spiritual person everybody thinks you've got to be pure never have made mistakes you know to be a sensitive soul to be spirit you know some of the greatest spiritual teachers have messed up so much in their lives but they've learned from it and they've grown and it's in that growth 
that you'll you find your soul and you come home.